This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. You've heard of police officers using tech like body cameras. But what about drones or gunshot sensors? How about robot dogs? Police departments have used more emerging tech in recent years to make up for dwindling staff. But some of the new equipment raises concerns. For one, it's expensive. For another, it could pose a threat to privacy. For more on just how this technology works and some of the benefits and drawbacks, we are joined by Danielle Abril, technology reporter at The Washington Post. Hi, Danielle. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me. So for some of us, this type of technology is brand new. How long has this sort of thing been available? Well, you know, it depends on which technology you're talking about. Obviously, body cams uh, have been around for quite a while. Um, Some cities even require all of their officers wear body cams. And drones and some of the other items have, have also been around for a long time. In terms of how recently police have been using it varies from department to department. So, for example, Mountain View's drone program is pretty new. I think it's a a couple years old or a few years old, um, and they only have two drones right now. Now they're looking to grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, but these departments are just learning uh, what works for them. There's a lot of process involved when they adopt new technologies, as you can imagine, as a government entity. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it really just depends on what technology you're looking at and what part of the nation you're speaking about. I'm curious, what kinds of cases do police use the drones for? Yeah, so when we spoke to the Mountain View police, um, they actually talked about a really interesting case um, in which they had received a call from some homeowners, excuse me, uh, about complaining about an intruder who had come into their house with a knife, um, seems to be having some kind of episode, Um, they felt threatened. Um, He barricaded himself inside their home. They were also in the home. They called police. Uh, Police then dispatched out to the home. They were worried. They were worried about the homeowner's safety. They were worried about their own safety. They didn't want to go in and exacerbate the situation. They didn't know if this man just had a knife, if he had guns. Could he harm somebody if they moved in? So it was a really Mm. sensitive situation. Uh, So what they did was they took their drone and they were able to see in, uh, it was a three-story uh, townhome, so they were able to see in the windows of the second and third uh, floors and determine that he was no longer carrying the knife. He was actually unarmed or, or didn't have any uh, weapons that were visible anyway. And he seemed to be uh, having sort of a mental health episode, but he was no longer a harm to anyone. So this was more of a negotiation tactic where they could kind of talk him down but there was no eminent harm. So they could slow down their operation a little bit um, rather than how they might have handled it if they didn't have those eyes in the window. Yeah, it sounds like the drone in that case helped them to de-escalate what was a very tense situation. Absolutely. And I think um, police are, are finding it can be used in, in a bunch of ways, right? That was a de-escalation situation. But other police departments are talking about, you know, Um, surveying large uh, areas of land when they're doing a search and rescue effort or uh, reconstructing crash sites um, in, in, you know, seconds of the time compared to the hours it would take to manually do it on the floor. So there are multiple ways that police are looking at at possibly using these, these drones.
So there's another kind of tech that you report on, which this one took me by surprise. Um, it's Spot, the robotic dog. It's it's one of the wildest yeah, examples absolutely. of police tech I've seen before. Tell us about that. So uh, Spot is basically a robot dog. Um, it was uh, developed uh, by this company called Boston Dynamics. Um, the whole point of Spot is to basically have, again, more eyes and ears, um, it can carry up to 30 pounds of equipment. Um, it can survey areas for police. It's meant to walk over sort of rocky terrain or uneven terrain. It, it's sort of interesting looking because if you've seen those sort of emerging robots and how they step, it, it's yeah. very, um, it, it can run, it can step, it can do interesting things. Um, so, yeah, uh, the New York Police Department initially was the one who uh, sort of piloted a program with Spot. Um, but you know, the community that was uh, hearing about Spot was very concerned. There was this robot dog with cameras that right. could now survey their communities, and they were really not happy about this. So the New York Police Department ultimately, after receiving a ton of backlash from the public, decided to go ahead and scrap their contract just a few months later because they just decided this, this kind of wasn't worth all the backlash that they were getting. Now, that's one case of spot, but more recently, um, there was a police department in Florida, St. Petersburg Police Department, and they recently adopted spot themselves, and they're saying mm. they're going to use it for de-escalation efforts, and so also to help in like the, in uh, dangerous situations, sort of like the, the drones that we were talking about. So we got drones, we got robot dogs. What else are police departments adopting when it comes to tech? Yeah, so there uh, are a couple things. Um, well, there's several things, but a couple that I would mention um, would be uh, this new sort of like taser-like device. But instead of using a taser, um, it's a way to restrain somebody without sort of any kind of physical harm, as, as you could argue the taser does. So it's called the Bola Wrap, and it, it shoots tethers basically around somebody's legs and arms so you can restrain them temporarily um, if they're posing a harm to themselves or others. Um, it's a device that, that some departments are looking into. Um, and then there's uh, these sound detection devices uh, that this company called ShotSpotter uh, has put out that a lot of police departments are adopting. And basically what it does is it detects loud booms in the areas it uses technology to determine which of those are more, most likely gunshots. Mm -hmm. And then it alerts police. So even if police aren't in the area, um, they are then told, you know, some gunshots went off in this community. You should, you know, go check this area out. Yeah. Yeah. Shot spotter. Some of our listeners have heard of that uh, as it's used by uh, CPD. And that's come up quite gotcha. a bit in the news. Yep. How expensive is this stuff? You know, we're talking thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, depending on what they're looking at. Or are, are they, you know, rolling out, um, you know, a couple of drones? Are they ro rolling out a fleet of drones? Are they using um, for the, the Bola Wrap devices? Are they using one or two and, and, and spreading it out in the forces? Does everybody get one? So it, it really it really depends on, you know, the scale that they're, they're using these technologies. And it also depends um, – on, on budgetary concerns, right? They have to, the police departments have to, you know, usually pass these things by city council. Um, they have to pass these things um, by the public and make sure that, you know, these are public funds that they're using to, to buy these technologies. How 
widespread is the use of drones, for instance, in police departments? It seems like it's still kind of early in terms of police departments and drones. There are some police departments that are using them, um, and they're using them in different ways, and they're you know, rolling out small, small police, like I said, the Mountain View Police Department, uh, which seems pretty excited about this. They only had two right now. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems relatively new uh, for police and, and determining if, if it works for them. Can they find the budgets to support it? Um, and does it help them enough to, to adopt these tests? You touched on this before about concerns with, with uh, some of these technologies sounding like they can be pretty invasive. I know ShotSpotter, for, for one, as I mentioned, we're using it here in Chicago, and there have been deep problems with the, the gunshot detection company and, and its technology, um, things like its methodology, its effectiveness, the impact on communities of color, and um, relationship with law enforcement, too. So how much of a concern is that to these companies? Yeah, um, I think... You know, for the police departments are in a really unique position. Now, the companies, you know, it's a big PR job for them. (laughs) But I think for the police departments, they're really having to grapple with, we want more technology that will help us be more efficient and allocate our resources better. But we also have these public concerns, what you just mentioned, you know, possible discriminatory practices that are baked into the tech, um, possible use of this, possible discomfort with surveillance. And we had one expert actually tell us, you know, it's not necessarily the emerging techs alone, but the combination of the data set mixed with the tech that's out there that could basically you know, ultimately create sort of like a surveillance state without us even knowing or without intentionally doing so, and what that would look like if police had all that information on us, mm. uh, where they could really tell where we've been at what all points of the day if, if they get, you know, third-party data on top of everything else they're getting. So, um, you know, I think it's something that police are very aware that the community is concerned with and city councils are concerned with. Um, And it's it's this weird balance they have to play of how do we do our job in the 21st century using tech that will help us without hurting the community or invading their sense of security and privacy. Well, before I let you go, Danielle, I'm going to end with a, a dystopian question. Could the robots take over? Like, how long until we at least see robots replace police? Like, is that ever happening? That that was a question that I asked a lot of departments because I was very interested. I actually covered one company that didn't make the story um, that was literally police robots. That's what they were, but they were meant, again, for a, a surveillance sort of uh, application. And uh, from what I can tell from police departments, they're really trying to use these tools as force multipliers, not as replacements for cops. And there's several reasons why. One is what you just talked about, you know, the community relationship is sort of become fundamental, especially in times where race relations have become more tense, um, where use of force is in question. Mm-hmm. Um, they really don't feel like replacing them with robots is to do them any good. Mm-hmm. Um, however, can tech aid them in certain things without harming their relationship with the community? Basically, when it comes down to it, Sasha, 
People want people to show up. When yeah. you're in trouble or you're in danger, you don't want a robot coming to you. You're you want here. to see a police officer help you out. And I think police are very aware of that. Danielle Brill is a technology reporter at The Washington Post. Danielle, thanks so much. Thank you. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.